Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our very special guest, Julia Klein. Julia is a coach, author, podcaster, and grassroots political activist. She helps people to heal their trauma, get into right relationship with money, and step fully into their authentic personal power for the good of all. Julia is also the person who has distilled the six wounds that we have when it comes to selling. And she and I have known one another for quite a few years, and it's such a pleasure to bring her onto the show today. We are also co-hosting a panel at She Podcasts coming up soon. And so welcome today to the show, Julia. Thank you. Hi, Angel. It's nice to see you. Oh, nice to be with you, Julia. I'm really looking forward to our time together today. I am too. So I am, and by the way, you sound freaking fantastic. You can tell when you bring a podcaster on <laughs> as a guest because the sound is so superior. I just want you, you to know that. I want to give you props for that. Julia, you. you and I have known one another for many years. and. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's really an honor and a pleasure to have your presence here today. I would love to have you speak about your own entrepreneurial journey. Like, mm. when did you get started as an entrepreneur? Were you the kid that had the lemonade stand and you were selling when you were seven? Or did you have a, an awakening and decide that you needed to leave behind corporate? What's your backstory mm. on how you got into entrepreneurship? Yeah. Uh, not only did I have a lemonade stand, I also would go and buy wholesale candy at Sam's Club and then break it down into individual pieces and sell it during our passing periods. So, I mean, I was hardcore entrepreneur. And I suppose that a lot of that is from uh, my, my parents were entrepreneurs. They owned a chain of uh, Chicago themed gift stores in Chicago. And they started those when I was seven years old, I think. And so dinner table conversation was always about entrepreneurship. And so it was just in my blood. But then I graduated from college and actually became a Chicago public school teacher, which on the surface looks and sounds very different. But the very first time that I ever went out as a speaker, because I eventually shifted gears about 10 years out later and became a platform speaker. And somebody said, my gosh, you're so good at that. Where did you learn how to do that? And I just kind of went, huh, that's what I do as a classroom teacher. So it made me realize that getting seventh and eighth grade inner city kids to care about ancient Rome and grammar was perhaps the biggest sales job I ever had. <laughs> I love that. So, uh, and then while I was a school teacher, I actually started a Mary Kay business, which was both entrepreneurial and also the foundation, the bedrock of everything I know about salesmanship. Um, say what you will about MLMs now, Mary Kay had a vision and her training. And in fact, I got a couple of interviews. I landed a couple of interviews later in my career because they saw Mary Kay on my resume and they knew that that meant I knew how to sell stuff. 
But then as I kind of, as I went along, I, and I became a real estate investor and uh, became a millionaire by the time I was 30 years old, investing in real estate. And I bought high rises and I bought a motel and I built a miniature golf course. And, and then I went bankrupt in the 2008 crash. And along the way, my mother had died of brain cancer, um, who was my rock. And just things were a mess. And it started me on this spiritual journey. And I thought, what the heck? And you know, follow my nose, tumble down the road. And I realized, look at this. I have now published a book about salesmanship and I have a business coaching people about how to implement these strategies. I became a platform speaker in 2008. I published the book in 2013 and I have more or less been a coach ever since 2013. So the last eight years. And I, I, I was about to say like any entrepreneurial journey, that's, I don't think there is such a thing as a <laughs> typical entrepreneurial journey. But as an entrepreneur, I've sold every which way you can, I mean, I, I've sold online, I've sold on eBay, and that's a whole other story sometime when we've got a long time to talk about my journey on eBay. I've sold belly to belly. I've sold from stage. I've, you know, any way you can imagine. I've sold, I, I've, I write sales copy. I write video scripts, everything you can think of. And when I wrote my book, what I realized is that what I have a passion for is salesmanship that honors and acknowledges the immense amount of power present in any sales transaction. And anybody who is has ever thinks about salesmanship and gets queasy, <laughs> you are experiencing exactly what I'm talking about when I say that there is this immense power in any sales transaction. Because we often say that money is the most powerful form of energy that human beings can touch other than possibly sex. And so wielding that money and influencing other people to do things around money and, and just se selling, persuading, getting people to do stuff you know that's power mm -hmm. and it very easily becomes abuse of power mm -hmm. and the flip side of course of abuse of power is being victimized by somebody else using their power against you and so all of these things became much increasingly became the focus of my coaching journey and my and the work that I do. And that was the, it's the basis of my first podcast, which is called Solving Me Too, mm -hmm. which is it, it presents a hypothesis that we need to use the principles of restorative justice to solve toxic workplaces. It's specifically addressing power and yeah. abuse of power and people relinquishing their power or becoming detached from their own authentic power in ways that allow themselves to become harmed. And I say allow themselves to, I mean, I certainly don't want to say that we're blaming victims here, you know, but mm -hmm. anyway. They, they experience that. Yeah. They experience that being abused. So, yep. well, I want to, I want to pick up on a couple of threads here, Julia. Uh, thread number one is uh, you mentioned that that you also you kind of dropped it in just gently, but it was there that there was a spiritual kind of awakening for you mm. as well. And so yeah. um, I, I, I myself had a spiritual awakening. You know, I spent 20 years in the in the real estate industry yeah. and sold hundreds of millions of dollars of real estate. And, you know, I sold 763 boxes of Girl Scout cookies when I was nine. <laughs> All the other girls sold 30. So mm -hmm. um, selling is in my blood. My parents were entrepreneurial. My dad was a salesman. My mom had a little yarn shop in our house. So, you know, I, I didn't have the exact same kind of background that you did, but sales has been part of my life experience mm -hmm. for a long time as well. And so after I left real estate, I had, I left real estate because I had a spiritual 
awakening. So I'm curious about that piece of your journey, about the spiritual Mm -hmm. awakening piece of your journey. And and what are some of the things that were part of that, that you have now also woven in to the work that you do with people around sales? Yeah. The short answer is that my spiritual journey began when my mother died. And it was just such a devastating experience. And, you know, my mother had always been my rock. She was the person that I always went to. I, I called her, you know, my top advisor. I never said she was my best friend. I always said that she was my top advisor. And so without her gone, I was adrift. And <laughs> it's, it's no accident that it was a few short years after becoming adrift in that way without my advisor that I also went bankrupt. No accident. But I first turned to was books because ever when I was a little kid, you know, I was a nerdy, geeky little kid that other kids made fun of and bullied and whatever. So I hung out with books a lot and they were all books were always my go to when I had a problem. And so I found myself in the bookstore and the very first book that I bought in this phase was shortly after, it might have even been before my mother actually died. She was sick. She had brain cancer for two and a half years. And it was a book on the Enneagram. It was a book on numerology. And I just found myself going back and back and back again to the Barnes and Noble in uh, my town, buying all the books they had on you know, various forms, I'll say the occult. I bought books on the Yi Ching and Tarot and astrology. And then I pretty soon found myself studying at the Kabbalah Center and, you know, did that whole thing. And I went in deep on the Kabbalah Center for a while and all of the spiritual practices involved with that. And for a little while, I went went around, it awakened and uh, a realization in me that I'm a a really gifted healer and a powerful intuitive with the power to move energy in really significant ways. Mm. And... I, for a little while, I went around introducing myself at business networking events as a shaman. <laughs> Which, so there were some bumps in the road as I figured it out. But how it shows up now, the primary way that it shows up is that I have a potent, unshakable connection to my creator and my guides and angels. They are my top advisor now. Mm. And I have a routine practice of checking in with that guidance for everything that I do. Mm. And it shows up sometimes with clients or people that I'm working with. And frankly, you know, and right now I'm in a phase of my life, my business, my career, my activism path, where it's a little bit in the background. I don't lead with it. Usually Mm. there's other times and maybe there will be a time in the future when I'm much more front foot with the spirituality. but depending on who I'm talking to and, you know, who who asks me, it's always there. Yeah. It's well, always there. I love that. And, you know, one of the things that I have also danced with is what do we lead with, right? What do we lead with? And this, you know, this does have a certain connection to the sales conversation because, Literally, I spent 20 years in the real estate industry. I'm very left-brained and then had this spiritual awakening and discovered as well a whole bunch of gifts and went down the same, you know, the books, the whole nine yards. I actually ended up being initiated in the shamanic path. So you could call me a shaman, but I actually chose not to do that. I chose to say I'm a medicine person or no, a medicine woman. 
And there is always that question of, okay, what do we lead with? And now I'm in a phase myself, and it sounds like you're in the same place where, you know what? We're really gifted in a lot of ways, and we bring yeah. all of our gifts to the table. We bring all right. of our gifts to the table. Well, I want to take a short break because I can tell if if I ask another question, we're probably going to go over our break time. So we're going to take our break now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about specifically about the sales wounds, because I think one of the reasons we get activated as healers is because we ourselves have been wounded in some way. And then the work becomes, okay, heal thyself first, healer, heal thyself, and then healer, take your healing experience and capitalize on it to serve and support others to heal from similar situations. So we'll talk about that when we come back from the break. But right now, Wickedly Smart Women, we need your help. If you're enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We recently got a donation And I want to give a shout out to Jalan Schneider. So thank you, Jalan, for your donation. We really appreciate that. Uh, We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Please help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I'm also celebrating that we just discovered we won our third award. So the show has now been nominated five times and won three times. We just got the silver award for a general series interview podcast in the W3 Awards. So thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing, as well as our amazing guests. We are welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. I want to shout out this week to our listeners in Chicago, as well as our listeners in the Netherlands, Korea, and Ethiopia. And we will be right back with Julia Klein. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Julia Klein. You can find out more about Julia at juliaklein.com. We will have that for you in the show notes. When you get there, let's uh, talk, Julia, about what's going to happen when they get there. What what are the steps that we would like them to take when they get to juliaklein.com? Sure. Well, as you mentioned, we're about to start talking about sales wounds. And I can, if you would like to know which sales wound you suffer from the most, you will want to book a sales wounds breakthrough call with me. It's a completely free, full blown 45 minute free one-on-one coaching session with me. It is a <laughs> it's a wickedly ridiculous gift. Uh, a number of my fellow business owner people are like, what? 
what? What are you doing giving away a 45-minute private one-on-one coaching session as your opt-in? But that's what I do because that's the highest form of service I can offer. So if you'd like to know which sales wound you suffer from the most, you want to click on the link in the navigation bar for private coaching, and then the button that says book your breakthrough now. And it's a full on 45 minute coaching session, I'll give you a couple of action steps. And if that's all that we do together, that's great, we can say goodbye and still even remain friends. But of course, if you decide that um, you want to go deeper into healing your wounds, and that I might be the person to help you that, we can discuss what that would look like. Yeah, beautiful. Well, let's dive in to the six sales wounds that you have identified. And let's sure. talk about, you know, how that came about, how that awareness came about. You know, mm-hmm. as we spoke before the break, oftentimes we become healers and our work is first to heal ourselves and then to distill our own journey into something that can support Mm -hmm. and help others. So let's talk about, you know, where this inspiration came from, where these insights came from and what the six sales wounds are, or as much as you can talk about the Mm -hmm. six sales wounds uh, in the time that we have. Yeah. Let me offer the six sales wounds first, offer a a framework. Mm -hmm. And they're all also on the website, juliaklein.com. There's a a page about each sales wound. So there's also also a tremendous amount of um, completely free information. Um, There's a video about each sales wound and more information about it and kind of some self-diagnosis and all kinds of things like that. So there's a lot of information on the website. But just to run through them to give you a framework, there are six of them. Sales wound number one, is the money wound. And there is a uh, primary limiting belief as well as a fear that drives each of the six wounds. I'll run through those quickly. For sales wound number one, the money wound, the primary self-limiting belief is, I want money or the things that money can buy, but I'm also pretty scared of it. So I'm either going to ignore money and pretend that it doesn't matter, or I'm going to let it rule my life. The fear that drives the money wound is a fear of money itself or the power that it has over us. It can also show up for people who have a lot of money, but some just believe they never have enough. They've got a fear. They don't have enough money. Mm. Sales wound number two is the love and money wound. And the primary self-limiting belief there is love and money are wrapped up together in most of my intimate relationships, both present and past. So money is never about money and love is never just about love. And the fear that drives that wound is to get one, especially in abundance, I must go without some aspect of the other. The other fear that's in there is that if I give both love and money freely in a relationship, I will be taken advantage of. Mm. I will lose all control. So I have to withhold one or the other. Mm-hmm. Been there, a, done that, got the t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I will say that that is a wound that 100% of Americans, anyway, I have not done enough research around the globe, but 100% of Americans suffer from that wound. And it's incredibly difficult to heal because it is so intimate. It's formed when we're babies. Mm-hmm. So it's the, it's the whole basis of our identity and how we mm-hmm. see the world. Sales wound number three is the selling wound otherwise sometimes known as the perpetrator wound. The primary self-limiting belief of that wound is sales, as well as power in general, is a zero-sum game. In order for me to get what I want, someone else has to lose. So I'm going to do whatever I have to do to win, and I don't care who gets hurt in the process. 
The fear that drives that wound is that if I'm not doing it to someone else, they're going to do it to me. Mm, I hear that. Sales wound number four is the anti-selling wound, otherwise known as the victim wound. Mm. The primary self-limiting belief here is I can't actively sell or market my products and services without sacrificing my integrity or my relationships with my clients and my prospects. Yeah, we hear so, that all the time in the yeah. light, in the quote unquote light worker healer community. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I said that with a bit of mockingness yeah. in my tone of voice, and I certainly didn't don't mean to do that. Uh, I really understand with my whole heart where this fear comes from. And the fear is that people will respond with extreme negativity if you try to sell them anything or push something on them, as you probably think of it. And this makes you extremely resistant to the, any act of selling whatsoever. And I will just offer one little healing nugget right here because so many people, and especially so many female entrepreneurs do suffer from this wound. The number one way to get out of this wound is to get really, really good at two things. Number one, asking questions. Mm. And number two, becoming willing and even eager to hear no. And I don't just mean no at the end of the sales conversation, but no at every step of the way. If you become eager to find out why this person might not be a good fit for you, mm. you will never be pushy again. Well, and I think the other thing that will happen there, Julia, one of the things that I've noticed as I've evolved is that when you start hearing no, you then begin to be able to rule out the people who are not a fit. And then you sure. can actually communicate that ruling out. You can communicate, oh, it's not a fit to work with me if X. It's not a fit to work with me if Y. It's not mm -hmm. a fit to work with me if Z. And once we start ruling out, then it actually creates more of a magnet for the people who are a right fit. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's also, I mean, if you are actively, if you're having a sales conversation with somebody and you are actively looking for the reasons that maybe they should say no to you, mm. they're gonna know that that's what you're doing too. Yeah. And so it's also, it's a rapport building because mm. now instead of being on opposite sides of the, of the metaphorical sales table, you're on the same side because both of you are now looking for why they should say no to you, right? Mm. But then secondly, if you've made a legitimate, authentic and full-throated attempt to figure out why they should say no and you come up with nothing, well then obviously, Obviously, they need to say yes. You've demonstrated this throughout the sales conversation, and so now you're you're not you can you can close as hard as you want, so to speak, because mm -hmm. you've clearly established that I am doing this a hundred percent for your own best interest, not my own. Mm, love so it's it. really powerful. All right, so that was number five, I think. Uh, that was number four. four. That was so we got four. two more to go, and we'll okay, go quick great. through these. Yeah, sales wound number five is the prostitution wound which is the darkest, of course, of all of the wounds. And the self-limiting belief here says, I love what I do for a living, and I know that my products and services provide real benefits to people. But my industry is so fundamentally flawed, the only way for me to get hired or get paid or be successful is to sell myself out in yucky ways. Mm. Yeah, this is where the no muscle comes in. <laughs> Learn yeah. how to exercise that sucker. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
And this wound is unique in that it is not driven by fear. Any fears that you might have felt about not succeeding or not being good enough and which would have manifested as a money wound or an anti-selling wound have morphed by this point into a bitter, determined resentment. Mm. So if you're somebody who has the prostitution wound as your primary wound, you have adopted a clear-eyed practicality about what you think you want to accomplish and what you think you have to do in order to get there. Mm-hmm. There's no fear. There's just, let me go make it happen and, you know, yeah. do what you need to do. Beautiful. The last wound, sales wound number six, is the visibility wound. And the primary self-limiting belief of the visibility wound is, if I succeed, people will see me, perhaps for the first time, and I just don't feel ready for that, at least not with all parts of my being. Mm -hmm. And the fear that drives this wound is a deep, generalized anxiety about not being good enough or not being safe enough. Mm and all of the horrible consequences that you're afraid would result if you put yourself out there anyway. Yeah, well, and that connects with uh, some of the work that I do with people around being empowered messengers. We used to be persecuted, prosecuted, or executed for being a messenger yep. in the yep. world, right? And so when you're- Been there, done there, got the t-shirt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when you're, when you're uh, in the visibility wound, that is running that whole, you know, process of being persecuted, prosecuted, or executed as either a past or other parallel lifetime. Well, we are already at the end. Very quickly, this goes. So I want everyone to really hear, Julia, in the last minute that you have here, what the single most important thing is that you would like to to get across and help people with right now as they really sink into these wounds and mm-hmm. seek support to get them solved. Abuse is real and fear is real and trauma is real. Yet we are at a point in the evolution of human consciousness. And if you are somebody who is listening to this show and particularly this episode of this show, you have an opportunity in front of you to make leaps and bounds in your healing and do what you're meant to do even though there is trauma and abuse that has stopped you in the past. Mm. Healing is available right now. Mm -hmm. And you can rewrite a script going forward that is not defined by the trauma and abuse that you've experienced or perhaps even inflicted. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Let's take a deep cleansing breath on that. And what I want my listeners to hear is that when you are really clear about the possibilities that you provide for people, that you can actually come from the heart and it's more than selling, it's serving. So thank you, Julia, for showing up and serving so beautifully today. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. Listeners, we love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We will have that on the show notes for you or send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. 
Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.